This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey! Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I write a weekly-ish column for Medium.com, also called Unpopular Opinion, and I use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions, if you can believe that. Then, I come on this show to defend those opinions, if you can believe that. Joining me today, she is one of the founders of Facial Recognition Comedy, which is a thing you can check out here in Los Angeles, or they do shows all over the country. Go see it sometime. Ladies and gentlemen, making her first appearance on the show, Fizza Dasani. Also joining me, and also making his first appearance on the show, you've seen him before on Fightcast. I don't know why I said seen, this is an audio medium. He is also a part of the horror sketch comedy group Night Church. Ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Stanislavski and Randall's here. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I got a room full of guests and Randall. Randall's back. Just threw it. What was that? You threw it. Peace signs as an audio medium. Peace signs. Pal. Okay, bring in the energy. I'm shaking my head, which is also a visual cue, but it yeah. is appropriate for what's it's going all, on. It's all going well so far. That was Ethan Stanislavski. Hi there. Have you ever been on this podcast? I've been on other Unpops yeah. podcasts. I don't think specifically on the flagship, which I guess yeah, we've, we've been on. You've been on ListCast, I think. Yes, FightCast. We did a FightCast where we fought about Courtney Love killing Kurt Cobain. Which led to oh, a very good stand-up joke. For it was that. fun. Did that led that to one? Me processing that led to a joke that is now a central part of my act, so I appreciate that. Oh. Which is cool. I mean, you haven't sold this anywhere, maybe. No, 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 okay. no. No, okay. it's fine. <laughs> I don't know if we had to get lawyers involved yeah. or anything. <laughs> I'll buy you a beer, and even then, it's less than the value of I made for this joke. <laughs> and another first-time guest. Fizza Dosani. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. We did a show together this month, earlier Probably, this month. I don't know. They all blend together. Yeah. Just, you know, the, the hustle and the grind. Donut. Wow. <laughs> Randall's uh, okay. bringing the fire today. Yeah. I don't have, think I need to do it. Do you have a fire sound effect? <laughs> what? Do you have a fire sound effect? Oh, I think it's a spider sound effect. Or do you have a spider Do you sound have effect? either? Yeah. That's not a spider. Just, That's hold me on. Doing I'll it. settle let's, for the spider if you don't have the fire. Oh, that sounds... That's a gun so, That just firing, sounds like a gun. But it's firing did you a, a gun. Did you shoot a spider? Yeah. <laughs> you ever shot a spider Sess in Iraq? <laughs> Fizza, tell people a little bit about yourself, since you're oh, yeah. a first-time guest. Yeah, um, I'm a comedian, and uh, I have a comedy brand called Facial Recognition Comedy, and it is basically a coalition of 
women of South Asian descent who do stand up comedy. And the point is, like, there's room for everyone. We're not the same person. Everyone has a different voice. Because, like, I think when back when we started it, everyone would get us confused for each other just because we're the same ethnicity. And, like, I'm talking about, right. like, different hair, different faces. Like, our faces yeah. are different. It's like, literally a skin color. And I, you know, I do it to people of other ethnic backgrounds as well. It's actually common. It just was annoying to me on the receiving end of it. But, like, I think I read there's some scientific study where people, if you didn't go around um, a certain ethnic group, the quality that sticks out the most in that individual is going to be the skin color. Right. It's what you see first or the eye is trained to see first. So that's going to be the identifying qualifier. So if someone knows me and they don't know another comic, they might think the other comics me or vice versa. Right. So anyway, that's how the show started. Um, I created this little meme with like six faces on each four. Um, on, there's a message across the foreheads. We are not the same person. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of took off and that's where the brand started. Nice. Now it's a weekly podcast, a touring show. We're going to be in uh, New York Comedy Club this Friday. Uh, oh, very nice. May 31st, 11.30 p.m. Uh, use the discount code FRC for $10 off. What's FRC mean? Facial recognition comedy. I was joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh, oh wow. thought we were taking this seriously. I don't know. <laughs> Ethan, tell people a little bit about you. Hi there. I am. Hit it, Brett. Oh, God damn it. Kill the spider. I mean, I, I don't yeah. like killing anything. This is where I was supposed to cut someone off. Yeah, and, and then... You know, the hard uh, part uh, of this oh, show uh, for yeah, me I is... I simulated being cut off. Yeah, first few minutes, that, that, just uh, faded out. Oh, this goes on for a while. It really does. Wow. And there's normally like a thing I say while it's, it's gonna happening. It's going to break into like an Allman Brothers solo after a certain <laughs> It sort of does. 28 minutes later. It gets really intense right around this point. Yeah, it's normally a very fun thing, yeah. but I usually hit the button to trigger it. Okay. And instead, we got a... Uh, we just gotta play. Got like, Randy gotta over there on the ones tunes. and twos. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna uh, crack open this Coke Zero. Yeah. Pretend I'm cracking open a beer. Yeah, the yeah. partying. There we go. All right, but now you can tell people a little <laughs> bit about yourself. If you I, I am. Uh, my name is Ethan Stanislavski. I am a stand-up and sketch. <laughs> the hardest Stop. part about Stop. being Adam Todd Brown is relying on other people. <laughs> To hit the sound. How many people do you think right. have turned off the podcast in the last? They're expecting 30 this. Two minutes, seconds. They, minute. they expect this okay. from us. People get mad when I don't do this. <laughs> but how many people get mad when you do do it? I don't. I think there's been one or two that maybe were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but I always let people finish after. No, I know, but now you can. I am a stand-up and sketch comedian based in Los Angeles. I started in New York. Uh, I am currently involved in a couple of film projects when the as well as a sketch team at the Pack Theater called Night Church with friend of the podcast Vanessa Gritton, among Woo! others. Z Groots. Samantha Gerwitz, no, who's on last week's episode. Last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's we're doing we are every fourth Sunday at the Pack Theater in Hollywood, Los Angeles, California at 9.30 p.m. And we do like a weird horror comedy, nerdy cult, crazy fun, big set pieces, good time comedy thing. And we've been there for two and a half years. We've changed our lineup a couple times and we're kicking ass right now. Good time comedy thing. Yeah. Could I add one more plug? Oh, sure. Okay. So FRC also has a monthly show at Westside Comedy <laughs> Theater. You reminded me when you said your monthly show. I'm like, oh, yeah, we have a one the second Sunday of every month, 9 p.m. Yeah. Westside Comedy Theater. Thanks. <laughs> See, there it was appropriate. There I could understand. <laughs> but I, I saw him like waiting 
huh? to hit the button. That's why I pointed. I, I wasn't... appreciate it. Thanks for having my back. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. 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 So. Warming up. I got to let somebody finish sucking. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about unpopular opinions this week, like we do every week. <laughs> I think I want to start this week. I normally let the guests start, but I want, I, I, I want to talk about Chernobyl. Has anyone watched Chernobyl? I haven't. I have not. It's fine. It's very entertaining. Tragedy is always fun to watch. But it bothers me because we need nuclear energy in this country. Like that, if you look at global warming and the things other countries have done to fix it, France is a really good example of a country that fixed their carbon output really fast just by using nuclear energy. Yeah. But shit like Chernobyl is the TV show, and I guess the event also are the <laughs> are the kind of I things. I guess maybe the actual Chernobyl tragedy. But here's the like I get that that's what's going to keep us from ever embracing nuclear power here. Yeah, and that's well, a that's a big problem because I'm sorry I didn't I mean. Oh to, no, go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll go after. Um, <laughs> uh, we can do this. Okay. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> That I, what's really what really sucks you just about need to it believe is in yourself. it's also it's also <laughs> it's also it traps us in the past and our perception of nuclear energy because Chernobyl was a good example of like how things went horribly horribly wrong yeah. and they were actually fixed like you can see later on when there were uh, other right. meltdowns and stuff like that like the they were contained better and there were the, the technology has just improved beyond like what you can even imagine and uh and then creating a show like that that's just basically almost like propaganda yeah against uh you know advancing well, I was energy gonna, options is like i was gonna say i'm not i was not done now sorry no i just wanted to piggyback on i'm just i'm just i don't i was not saying anything i was just yeah right, right, i don't want to disrupt stop, you know stop I don't know you, but stop. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, is there a financial motive? Because someone is, you know, if there's a technology that's going to be outdated, like the people who have invested in that technology probably aren't with it, aren't for it. Right. You know? So do you think that, do you think the TV show was for entertainment or do you think it was actually, you know, there was some involvement where it was propaganda? I do think there was some element of that because we're, it's coming at a time when we're finding out, uh, hey, maybe we have like 12 years yeah. before things get really fucking bad. Who's pushing the agenda, though? Probably the the fossil fuel well, yeah. industry. I have an interesting uh, theory, which is weird because on the one hand, yes, there is the fossil fuel industry pushing hard against nuclear power. But the weird thing about nuclear power as opposed to other sort of energy manipulations is that uh, the – Environmental left and nuclear power were traditional enemies. As And so you would think nuclear power, fossil fuels were also enemies. So a lot of the opposition to nuclear power, you know, you think corruption, global warming is a myth. You think of it as sort of this right-wing thing. But it's like a, a lot of the myths we have about nuclear power come from environmentalists from a different era, like an era when right. – and so it's it's different than like having coal in 2005 was absurd, let alone now. Like that is a clear – like that's the pattern we know from right-wing political manipulation, like lobbyists pushing, passing propaganda on. But with nuclear power, it's just a little interesting because there is like the nuclear – there is all this – it's a more complicated on – it's not just the 
robber baron capitalists like pushing an agenda. There is like a left wing tradition, which I think is where a lot of the media stigma comes from because the media is produced by like traditionally more left wing uh, members, especially like of TV shows and movies and stuff like that. So I think a lot of it became this weird cultural trope. Like even like The Simpsons has a meltdown every week. Like that's like a joke. And right. And even like West Wing had a whole nuclear meltdown plot, and that was like a the right wing is pushing that down. So there is like this weird trope. Like I before I even learned anything about science, I'm like, oh, nuclear power leads to meltdowns. People get cancer, their faces melt, and it's terrible. Like mm-hmm. that was right. just my assumption. Or you get superpowers. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So can. You know, what about the placement of these plants? Is there any way to have them where people aren't affected? I think they're so big that they're always going to kind of be in someone's backyard. Actually, that just yeah. reminds me. Or of you this, put them sorry. on the the coastline like Japan, and then it gets hit by a fucking there, tsunami. <laughs> I just had this weird oh, flashback. I hadn't thought about this in a, in a while because I grew up in New York, and I remember like. I wasn't in a place that was directly affected by 9-11, but I was in high school during 9-11, and we had all these, like, grief counselors and all events and panels, stuff like that. And I remember one of the things we had was someone from a, like, far-left environmental group saying, we need to shut down this nuclear power plant because if it is attacked by terrorists, it will melt down and destroy New York City. And – but I, part of me, like, technically that's right, but on the other part of me, it felt really, sh- like, gross that this person is, like, has a pre-existing – agenda against nuclear power and they're they're sort of exploiting right 9-11 fear to because handle that i don't think those people are ever able to explain how that attack would happen right because you can't just throw a fucking bomb at a nuclear power plant and <laughs> well, cause a meltdown that, it doesn't yeah, that's like a, a nuclear missile exploded in the united states in the 80s yeah and it didn't turn into a nuclear disaster because the nuclear part didn't explode. Right. It's just an explosion. So it's not that easy. Like a terrorist can't just do that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that but so that part of me, even then I was like I felt really gross just being in that panel because I'm like, this is clearly something that is not about we've all just been through this terror traumatic incident. You're sort of using our fear and panic. Yeah. To pass an agenda that doesn't even make sense when you look at it in a way, and then that plan is, shut, is shutting down. Still, you're talking so, about the fossil fuel agenda. I don't, I don't, I don't. I think this was like someone who was like a environmentalist. This was like a hard left wing. Oh, okay. yeah. Who came in to speak at my like, like ride? Ooh, just ride some bicycles around. Yeah, whatever. Fuck you. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I they mean, don't think this is a better option. On a nuclear bicycle. No, they 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 spun their agenda as in. Uh, an anti-terror thing in at the time when people are most vulnerable to hearing anti-terror stuff. And I think that plant, which is like, if it completely melted down, could affect New York. That's not going to happen. But they're still shutting it down because of political pressure. And like, yeah, it's like the Red River plant or, or yeah, something. I like think that. I would think it was like the Indian River plant. Then they changed the name for that, and then they oh, something like that. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So you think the the risk is much less than what's being, you know? I think the risk being, is significantly less, and it's stuff like portrayed this yeah. Chernobyl show that drill it into our heads that the uh, the opposite is true like the yeah our biggest nuclear disaster in this country was three mile island nobody died and i don't believe there were even any injuries so it wasn't a nuclear disaster it was just a thing that happened but it happened like two weeks after the china syndrome came out so what does a meltdown look like 
a nuclear meltdown? I don't know exactly, but it's I, it just involves radiation escaping into the environment. Well, that's what's, which that's, is obviously a bad thing. That's what's interesting now is that like Chernobyl was again an example. Like that's it's, it's how the show. It, it becoming popular is regressing perception of nuclear power plants because it Chernobyl like taught people a lot about how to contain nuclear energy and then now modern plant mo- uh, modern power plants have lots of safeguards against having another Chernobyl like meltdown and so it's very you're talking about two really different types of technology or and obviously I mean that was like that happened. A, I, it almost goes without saying. It happened a long time ago. Things have changed since then. Right? Technology's uh, changed it's crazy. significantly. Right. Yeah, it's crazy that. How you many would, decades has it been? Uh, it was eighty six. Uh, is it eighty six? So almost. It's yeah. been more than thirty I'm, years. I was born in eighty six. Yeah, yeah thirty two years. Yeah. It's, uh, 30, and that's a thing. What a weird time. To, to drop that Chernobyl 86. series. It's not like the anniversary or yeah. anything. Yeah. It's just... Oh, I thought you meant what a weird time for Chernobyl to happen in 86. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Phil Collins is popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Simon's coming out with Graceland. Yeah. Lots happening. You're like, <laughs> Goonies. I don't know. All this stuff is going on. And then Chernobyl just yeah. lands. I don't know. But Maybe the, it's a bad time. The thing, of, like, we're not Cold War Ukraine. Like, we can run a... Yeah. Nuclear power plant in this country without that kind of disaster. And a lot of the death that happened as a result of Chernobyl, and they show it in the show, motherfuckers were standing in the fallout, which was just falling like snowflakes. Death in the show, not in real life? It happened in in real life also. But, but the people who were affected, it, you said no one was affected. No, 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 no. The In Three Mile Island, there was no one affected. Oh, gotcha. Chernobyl, yeah. Chernobyl, lots of people died. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason a lot of people died is when the fallout started coming down, people were just standing outside looking at this fire across the river and looking at these flakes like, oh, oh, this is it's almost like snow. Yeah. Like there were kids playing because yeah, these... it looks like ash. It's well, like, they didn't yeah, know what it was. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. You don't know. And it's like radioactive. That part absolutely would not happen now. Like if yeah. a disaster like Chernobyl happened and you lived around it, you would know well, don't go outside and play in the radiation. You just stay inside. And that's how you survive a nuclear incident is you just stay inside while the fallout is passing over you. I would find out about it on Twitter. Oh, and absolutely. Then, and then be it'll like, be oh, the, shit, I got to go. What the butterflies were in L.A. a few months ago. But instead of butterflies, it would be radiate, radiation. I didn't like that butterfly shit. I would have been totally – I would have been fucked. I was walking my dog and all these butterflies were around. And I was like, what's happening? What's going – It what, was creepy. What magical street did we go on? And then it was like – I looked it up later and it was like, oh, it's, uh, this is going on everywhere. Right. But I just yeah. thought there was like some magic street near me that it was like – some just, anim- just anime par- broke some out. Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. It's like some Miyazaki movie, and I like <laughs> my dog is like, you know, just summoning uh, butterflies. Anyway. Yeah, um, but how, I think how long would you have to stay indoors, though? How long is a nuclear fallout? It's there's, I, I bring this article up all the time on this podcast. It was, I believe it was the New York Times, but they wrote an article about what would happen if a single nuclear weapon was detonated in Los Angeles. And if everyone, like if you're in the blast radius, you're going to die because everything gets incinerated Mm. there. But if you're outside that blast radius, even if you can take shelter in your car while the fallout blows over you, 
you have a pretty good chance of surviving. What's because in the, what's, how long is the fallout? Is this a matter of hours? It depends on weather conditions. Can you turn your air conditioner on? No. Okay. But oh, if you're God, then, like if if it's summertime, better not be then. August. <laughs> yeah. If if we had advance warning that a nuclear strike was coming, and We'd also, <laughs> well, if we had basements in LA, yeah. if everyone could get to a basement yeah. and just yeah. hunker down for a couple weeks, most people would survive. Oh, a couple weeks. Hide in yeah. the LA weeks. River. Okay. Yeah. Find your best friend in Tarzana and just uh, chill out. I'm just thinking, where would they have basements? That's yeah, that's the thing. Or, or the interior of an office go building. To, absolutely go to the San Fernando Valley because that will never be attacked at all <laughs> for any oh, reason. No. I, I will say, though, that the difference with like a nuclear – like I understand where the paranoia comes from. I, you look at it logically, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I do understand, for instance, like when a coal mine breaks down, like tw- – it just a shaft falls down and like people are killed and it's terrible, but it's you don't have to evacuate a city because a coal mine collapsed. And that's right. That's part of what it is. You even have the, you don't have to. There's no evacuation process for other things. And also, I mean, combine that with like if you were alive in the 50s or 60s and you had the Cold War, everything could blow up through nuclear power idea in your brain. I could understand why. And then you see a few incidents. It could it. It's a natural thing, even though it doesn't make sense. And I think, uh, on objectively, I think there are definitely if you do no, nuclear energy the right way. But I can say, like, if you are afraid of being blown up by nuclear energy, and you've seen how evacuations work, and how like everyone in a radius area has to thank you, has to handle like it affects your lives. Even if and it, like again, in most cases, even if there was an evacuation, it would be a precautionary thing, and no one would die. But I understand just even having to be uprooted like that because of an energy thing, how people could be crazy about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 all, it's an education. It's all fear-based. Like, yeah, there's it's, just it's, no... fear, it's, it's irrational, but as far as fear-based things go, like I understand the fear. But it is kind of uniquely American because we're stupid and we don't listen. <laughs> well, the, so you the, understand the, the, why it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Look um, at your empathy. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's completely fear and like panic based. But it's also like the the it goes it gets even worse than that because like uh, the perception of nuclear energy also goes back to like post World War II and you know dropping atomic bombs and stuff like that and like people dealing with that for you know decades uh, or you know if not to. Till today, there's probably still survivors who have been affected by that. Right. And uh, so we look at all those things and that adds up to like, oh, nuclear energy is awful. It ruins everyone's lives and all this stuff like that. And then nobody knows about how we have like, uh, you know, factories with that are like good containment. And yeah. These right. Like yeah. that. Dan- it's not that dangerous. And it's just yeah. it's just pure panic. So it's just like a lack of information. Right. Yeah. It's ignorance that yeah. it's fanning these flames of fear and and it's getting to the point where we can't be that ignorant about it. Because right. like even like most of the the green energy alternatives that people are pushing, they like they require fossil fuel backing. Yeah. Like the wind only blows so often. The sun only shines yeah. a certain amount of the day. And then you do have to fall back it's on beautiful. fossil fuels. It's beautiful, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, uh, someday the sun. <laughs> what if the sun doesn't come up, though? 
because, oh. of, because of the environment. Ooh. And we would like some nuclear power, wouldn't we? Well, that's the bah, thing. Bah, nuclear bah. nuclear power doesn't that require yeah. that My fossil daughter. fuel backing. <laughs> yeah. So it would... I don't know. It's self-sustaining once yeah. it's once the system's in place. But so, like, I think the safety concerns are where people, you know, get a little iffy, right? Yeah. But yeah, it, and after Chernobyl, so, they were like, they were like, well, we're build, we're gonna build like a hundred uh, containment units, so like, it when it melts down and it and it penetrates a few, it can't really get out. It can't just like. Yeah, it wasn't just like one because like nuclear, like, like even the Fukushima nuclear reactor when that got damaged by that tsunami, it's not like you you can't live in Japan anymore. Yeah, like it wasn't yeah. that like people are more worried about the water surrounding it than like living in that area. Like we've there've been advances. Yeah, like, people people went back and there it wasn't like the fallout yeah. wasn't that. I mean, I don't want to say the fallout wasn't that bad. I don't live there and I did not visit it. I don't yeah. want to just Check assume. Check your but, white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, How but, big are uh, these plants? They're not huge. Wasn't the, was the San Onofre plant, that wasn't a nuclear plant, was it? The one that was. You're looking at me, but I don't know what you could, you're Yeah, about. I don't know. And what's the, like, uh, I guess the radio, or how far out are people affected? Because I'm just, I mean, it just seems like there should be a place where they can be put where, but I don't know. I don't right. know the that's size what, of it. I don't know. That's what we do with our nuclear. Pe- when, how people are affected. Like our nuclear weapons. Yeah. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. We have them just so far out that if there was some kind of disaster, then it wouldn't really. It would be in low populated areas. Yeah. But, so, yeah, that's probably a Vegas, thing we could do. Like, but maybe that it's a cost issue. And how many plants do we need to power the whole nation? So, yeah. I, you know, these are logistics. I don't know. And then you also, right. you also need like your, your city planners and your, and everybody who lives there to approve it. And the problem is like immediately someone's like, hey, we're bringing a nuclear power plant into our town. That's cool. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. Maybe, we don't. You just said the word everything. nuclear. You know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and I I think that's what's going to keep us from getting to what you mentioned was like the logistics and things. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. like, is it a viable option? I think that's what we need to be talking about, and we're just not. Yeah. Like, it seems like we're, we're just not gonna wait till it's like you know, it's, like oh we need to do this, but then we haven't. Yeah, someone has to be planning something. I know it's probably like well, Elon Musk or it's something. Weird. Yeah. It's weird. Like we'll have to buy it. He's buying an Alpha Centauri colony. That's what he's doing. He's he's transporting him and like fifty people into Alpha Centauri. That's my theory. That'd be fine. That video game. That's fifty in of my his room. closest friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, I uh, think space tourism is how the revolution's going to happen in yeah. this country. Because like all the richest yeah. people are going to be on that, that first car. flight that explodes. That car one. And then we there. just take all their shit. Yeah. yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. It's gonna be, be like, great. It'll be like a the Challenger, but. Good. Yeah. <laughs> and you can quote me on that. Adam, please edit that out. Oh, my God. That's going to be the, the promo clip yeah. this week. No, is what good. is happening? Again, eight buttons. There's only eight. <laughs> okay, who wants oh, to go I'm next? A, I'm getting a phone call. I have to take this. Hold on one second. Uh, what is happening? I'm canceling it. Well, I think since we're talking about energy sources... My, going into mine might be uh, it, it might be a weird transition, but it makes sense. Let's do it. All right. So um, my unpopular opinion is government should disclose its contact and history with extraterrestrial civil- civilizations. So I mean, I'm going to start out by saying the existence. Hell yeah. 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 Like I want to say the existence of aliens and advanced extraterrestrial extraterrestrial ET ET civilizations <laughs> is controversial in itself. Obviously. So let's 
let's suspend disbelief for a, a moment. And although I don't know that you guys would need to, I, I, where's your stance <laughs> no, on aliens? Just about, curious. I'm all about aliens. Oh, I, so. yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you, you're in the right room. I'm, I think. I'm in the wrong room. I'm in the minority. Okay, so um, I'm a skeptic. Of, so for you specifically, you know, let's for just me. Uh, attack me. I have no, no one not, to be attacked. Not an attack. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna attack. No, no, please. Okay, well, oh, whatever. <laughs> just suspend the disbelief and like let's under the assumption that there's. There is um, alien existence. Like, why? What's the fear of the government revealing this issue? And, and I, I think, you know, and this is. Um, I don't, do you guys know Stephen Greer, Doctor Stephen Greer of the Disclosure Project? Do we? He says, um, <laughs> <laughs> personally, biblically. Do you know him biblically? Biblically. Okay. So part of the reason. Um, they say uh, ET presence has been kept secret is that one of the first questions would be how did they get here, and you know it's it would not be through fossil fuels, and he says it would be through uh, and I don't know what these things are, but zero point or quantum vacuum energy generation systems, which I assume oh, yeah. are those are are you know it's it's what we're looking for, but right. without the that's, nuclear blowups. That's those are things that would help us advance. Like those are yeah. things we're already working on that would adv- like free they energy. would have cracked the code basically on how to use that as a sustainable form of energy. Yeah, sustainable, pollution free, you know, um sorry, I felt like I interrupted you. I just got a little passionate. I didn't say anything. I mean, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. I just want to say we're all very supportive of this. And and I want to hear what you have to say and I think you're doing a great job. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for good. the feedback. Very um, good. <laughs> so, like, um, this disclosure project, he said he's coordinated over 800 whistleblowers from high-level defense contractors, government officials, and military intelligence individuals to testify um, about the secrecy and the new energy and technology suppression. So, I think, like, for me, the questions that come up are similar to the nuclear stuff. Is like, is who is the secrecy of financial benefit to and who is the disclosure of financial threat to? Yeah, I think that's a, I mean, those are questions I've never thought about when it comes to why all the secrecy. I've always assumed like, and oh, people just, would panic. Okay. That's, and that's exactly what yeah. I'm going to say is like, there would be a panic, but um, I don't know. Like, you know, do you think, do you think that's really the reason though? No. Ancient Aliens is super popular. Have you watched it? I'm probably a couple episodes. I've There's seen like a all whole of bunch it. Of, you learn is, about the Anunnaki and all the, the ancient It's pretty fucking interesting. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, so this is an open secret, really. Yeah, and it's... There's so many... If you look into Aliens enough, a lot of the people who get written off as crazy people... There's not really any reason to write them off as crazy people other than they're saying they saw something. Yeah. And like, I would argue there is a lot of evidence that there are like, if not aliens, there's something else out there. Like there are like Harry Reid was working on this project with the funding of the government. The New York Times did this fucking article about it. And no one really cared because Trump had just gotten elected and we had bigger fish to fry. But the government is still putting a lot of money into researching extraterrestrials. And I don't think they would do that if they were convinced they weren't real. Yes, yeah, Senator Senator Harry Reid started the uh, an investigation in like 2007. He started and- it with a guy named Robert Bigelow, who is 
one, the founder of the Budget Suites motel chain, which is insane when you consider that he also built spacecraft to take people to space. But he's they started this project. And if you read the New York Times article, they talk about this facility in Las Vegas. There's a quote from Harry Reid where he basically says, if anyone argues that they know where the stuff in that facility came from, they're lying to you. And it's not just that, oh, well, what if it was just secret stuff another country was working on? Basically, he's like, it doesn't come from this world. Whatever this is, we don't have it's not it Earth. here. The Earth is not the source of this. Right. And all of that is, I, I don't, there has to be some sort of financial motivation for not letting people know. I mean, do you think it, it's, it's the fossil fuel industry? I could see that being a big part of it. That's what, I mean, that's kind of what killed Tesla. Like Tesla was working on this big energy project in conjunction with an energy company. And at one point he was like, oh, but this is just going to give everyone free energy. And they were like, yeah. Mm, yeah. how about I've, we never do that? I've heard about directly from uh, sources who worked at companies developing uh, renewable energy or sustainable energy sources that they've been mysteriously shut down for no apparent reason other than what you would speculate is that they are creating something that someone does not want to get out there yeah right. I mean, so it's really creepy because you'll it, you yeah. get firsthand uh um that you get the firsthand story of people being fired and evacuated from places because they're like no more of this yeah. and it's like weird and there's no reason yeah or explanation just, it's not because there's a threat or a danger or anything there's just like we're done. You can't do this anymore. And it's like, what? Here's what I will say as someone who does not believe in aliens and is very much a skeptic. But I'm going to suspend disbelief and let's say the government has information that suggests that they – not only there is extraterrestrial life, but they have contact or some information about that. I'm going to, I'm going to assume that's the case for this uh, thought experiment I'm about to do. But um, – <laughs> So I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but I am. So it's fine. <laughs> now I'm going to be better than you, but I'm going to lower myself to low. I don't mean to be that, and I apologize for it. But here's what I'll say: is like um, there is a so much misinformation and sort of mayhem. Like just similar with nuclear energy, there's so much pop culture depiction of it, and there's so many different agendas behind it, and there's so much built up in the cultural knowledge that. Let's say there is this, but no one understands it. Like, I'm not going to make any assumptions about, from a scientific point of view, you don't make any assumptions about any kind of determination or cause until you have enough evidence to figure that out. So, like, even if there is evidence, you can't really say one way or another there is without unleashing a firestorm of insanity. When, like, even if there is, you need to have clarity on what exactly you're talking about. And so whether – and uh, there, of course, are governmental forces to control the narrative on that. No one will – I don't think anyone would deny that. But even just from a scientist's point of view, it's like if you don't know what you're dealing with, like, it could take – like, we have the information. It's 20, 30 years. There is some kind of signs of life. You know, Mars, water situation to the very least. But, like, if – if we don't know what we're talking about or even like the frame of reference we're talking about, why would you say that when there's so much paranoia and craziness? Okay, so you're concerned about, you know, a mass panic, panic, panic. and misinformation and like last thing we need. Well, in- do you think the government has a responsibility then to be forthcoming and disclose 
you know, what I think, you know, if you look at Stephen Greer's well, site, they have collected. Well, like, there are New York Times articles, like, about that stuff. Do we need to have a press conference about it when we don't, like, I Isn't don't... Isn't there s- recently an article about UFOs and then everyone just sort of ignored it because Trump did something crazy? Right. Yeah. yeah. That was that but was that's the also, craziest. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, aliens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there but, was a video but, of a Navy jet following this object. Well, that's why I say it's an open secret. Like, if you yeah. look into it, it's... You know, it, 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 of course, there's a lot of misinformation because there's no regulation. But I mean, it's, you know, it's like any information. Be your own filter and use your discernment. But I understand. I'm just curious. Why are you a skeptic? Just I'm curious. I'm, I'm just a skeptic because I am someone who has, like, was raised with a very strict scientific background. And, like, this I get the method that. of that. And Occam's Razor is also a pretty strong belief. And I also, right. like, you need your physical evidence. I need some kind of tangible thing. And there, Whatever evidence is out there is not enough to make conclusions about what kind of life is out there. What if and you just met an alien? If I met, I've, what if they were just well, like they put an alien I've on TV? Alien, I'm like, in, enter, or like a I live in Barbara Los Angeles. Walters. I've met a lot of green people out there who <laughs> would kill me um, by with a with a flick of their finger if they, if they got them <laughs> immediately. <became racist. laughs> yeah, all those green fuckers out there. <laughs> are they green? Because some of them are great. Like that's but like, like that's what I'm saying. Is, is our like, understanding of intelligent life? Like, what if there's just an infinite number of intelligent? Or what life? if it's not intelligent yeah. life? What if there is life that it like or what I'm, defines intelligent I'm, life? I'm well, I'm saying. sure. What if there's just like sort of an infinite number of different types of life like statistically does it make sense that we're alone in the universe just based on what physical or tangible evidence that we have right now right and i don't i think the more than occam's razor the thing that comes up in terms of aliens is fermi's paradox which is basically that i'm not familiar well it's basically that if aliens were real they'd they'd be here by now and we'd know but i don't i don't i don't get why that why that is a valid talking point like we but like find... maybe we do know that's another, yeah that's, another, and also, that's what i'm saying it's an wait. open it's just the oh. government is not right. endorsing it that's not their narrative so everyone most people don't want to be bothered with this shit and we we find new things all the time like yeah. we're right. talking about space like there could be so many things like we there's so many things living on the floor of the ocean that the, we'll never right. know we only about. have a fraction of knowledge of just right. b- the ocean bottom. It's the same argument as Bigfoot. People are like, we would have found one by now. Motherfucker, not necessarily. It lives in right. the woods. But I'm saying just with, yeah. with aliens, because they're like, I suppose like a Bigfoot or a Loxus monster, which is like one place that it exists and it has a specific like shape and form. Because aliens, if they were to exist, and I, I personally believe that there is a strong likelihood that there is something resembling life, if nothing else, in some other parts of this universe. I do believe statistically that is pr- almost a probable situation. And I'm going to say when we say aliens, we're being very vague. I think yeah, there's, very, exactly. there's, there's an infinite p- potential of life form. So, you know, that's very vague. We're aliens to, to other people, but like, like, okay. So I read somewhere of three different types of categories for aliens, um, extraterrestrial, meaning they're here in our space time, physical space and time, um, interdimensional, yes. which is what I've heard is, who we've been interacting with and from a different dimension, there's that possibility of shape shifting. So you can appear, right? you know, you can, and shape shifting in the sense that you control the perception yeah. of yourself. That was the one thing about, it was the only thing about the fourth Indiana Jones movie. And I'm sorry for referencing. I, I love that one. I should <laughs> have mentioned Crystal that. Skull. I love that movie. Yeah. I love Skull. That's my second favorite the other than one, Raiders. That's one, insane. Uh, <laughs> Talk about that. One, if you don't like Temple of Doom, I don't know, even know what, I don't understand. <laughs> that's the what but the 
<laughs> I had to. Thank you. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I keep just like no pushing no, no, your no. buttons. It's okay. Uh, this is it's a good form of pushing someone's buttons. <laughs> uh, uh, but the uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, the uh, so Indiana Jones in the in the in the fourth one, they communicate with aliens, but they explain that the aliens aren't from. They're not from another planet. They're from another place, another yeah. another dimension, another. And- they're going back to some reality that we don't we might not even be able to perceive and yeah. like that's trippy as fuck like because you're just hella like, trippy yeah because right. it's like if that... what if there was alien life but it was just like a sad half platypus it was just like the lamest well, that's thing one type of <laughs> that's like yeah. just the lamest like oh it's just there and it just i think that's swimming kind of what it. we would yeah. all prefer <laughs> because if they all came down all smart and shit and offering us things we're gonna be like what yeah. What's your end game here? Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, maybe people would perceive them as deity. De- de- deities? Yeah. Deities. deities. Dietary. Dietary. Uh, yeah. And then the third type of aliens enter time. So it's oh, an alien with fuck. the capability of um, time travel, with te- time travel technology. And that's the thing is these. The ones that built the pyramids. Yeah, well, sure, maybe. I don't know, like, very much possible. It wasn't the Jews. I've, I'll tell you that. There's, historically, that is actually a thing. Jews never built pyramids in Egypt. Just uh, throw that out there. That's not unpopular. Anyway, go back. Go back to alien talk. Yeah, so that's the thing is, aliens can, you can think of a Venn diagram. Like, you can be more than one of this. You can be, like, extra dimensional and intertime. You can be a platypus who's traveling through time. Yeah. You could be. I'd watch that movie. You could be. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a part of the show where we like to get serious and talk about time travel. <laughs> Take it very serious. You have to hit the buttons hard, though. Did I not? Oh, that was, uh, um, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, Were they too gentle? Um, okay, I'm going to lead to okay, my, yeah. my conversation. Yeah. Anyway. So intertime, interdimensional. Oh, you were saying that you were saying that they could combine. You could combine these theories, and well, it's just like who knows where people or or formed life forms come from. And form is well, like a very did, we, like earth we, term, also form. Yeah. You know, like this is a very specific time space reality continuum we're in. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, aliens are real. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said, open secret. I think we have to vote. <laughs> there was a, and whatever the majority there, is it's what we all believe so this, I'm we're, sorry, we're forming a new society in this podcast <laughs> yes. right now yes. oh I'm in uh, unpopular <laughs> unpopular unpopulan unpopulan <laughs> um, there was a disclosure from the Pentagon about a project that was collecting alien artifacts or pieces or something and it came out during the Trump administration, so we were very distracted yeah. and dead inside. We're like, alien, I, whatever. Um, just, just... We're still processing a lot of things going on <laughs> in the country. I'm pretty sure Steve Bannon yeah. was still involved and like somehow, and we were all just like, it's, it's he's all... probably an alien. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all over anyway. You know, I think... He writes, I think he writes about that shit. He's like a oh, sci-fi yeah. writer. We may need to talk about reptilians at some point. We probably should. We've yeah. done. You should do the conspiracy podcast. I would like. I would love do. to. I do conspiracy podcasts all the time. I will. I don't. It's I will hit thing. you up about that. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to be on it. That's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. You should be on it too. If, <laughs> okay. Cool. If you want to. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't. Passive aggressive. I've never been invited on that show. 
I don't know what that. I don't know what that. <laughs> did is. I? You just punch the. You have to <laughs> think no, of it like a it? drum. These are like. But you do you have to do it like? Oh, is that the only way it's gonna be loud? Is if you like? Yeah, punch you have it? to like. If you tap it. <laughs> I just did it. I knocked it out of a hand. So <laughs> but I got it a good a good sound of it. So. That was a drum. <laughs> I won. A scream. So I won. All right. Should we get to Ethan's? Yeah, I think it actually leads well. And first, I just have one. Let's hear it. First, before we get into this, I have one point of clarification. We've moved on. On Indiana Jones, specific, that specific point. <laughs> you think aliens are ludicrous, but you think a, a arc opening up and burning someone's face off is believable. That leads to questionable beliefs about where you are in religion. Anyway, so let's move on to my point. Wait, are you saying Adam thinks that... Raiders no, of the Lost Ark is real? No, I'm saying that people who criticize... I'm not saying anyone here, but I'm saying people who criticize that part of the plot being ludicrous and out of character. The whole series is, is based on a fantastical view of the world. So aliens right. versus... Yeah, but the fourth one sucked. I liked it. <laughs> I think that was one of the reasons people hated it, and I thought that was fine. Anyway, no, so, I think there's a lot of other There's reasons. other things going on. There was, a, yeah. there was an actor named Shia LaBeouf in it who was not very good. Whatever. He's fine with monkeys. Okay. What the fuck was going on in that movie? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to move on, because this is actually what we were talking about with that leads naturally to mine, which is we both both the previous two conversations have led to how people – have perceptions and how things get ludicrous and out of hand, especially in media perceptions and panic and fear and things like that. Um, I, when I was in college, I wrote for the school newspaper. I was actually one of the section editors of the school newspaper and we would get bonkers, crazy, like scrawls written in blood type, like weekly screeds in the mail to the school newspaper. And this That's was like a college awesome. newspaper. It was hilarious. No, we loved That's it. That's amazing. But like, it was, That's it was the best fan fun. No, do. it was Rock great. It was great. And my, like, my dad's gotten letters because my dad is a professor and he's gotten letters, crazy letters from people like right for shit he's written. Like, what are y'all writing about? He write, I'm he glad you said he was a professor because when you just were going to say your dad got a bunch of weird. My dad gets <laughs> mail. I was like, what the Yeah, my dad why? got like, because my dad's a Jewish history professor. So put in a bunch of oh. everyone's agenda over that shit and it will get crazy but i'm used yeah. to like oh there are bonkers opinions out there but before the internet there were filters so if you either wrote for a publication and there was sort of a gatekeeper system there but if you were a person reading it and you had an objection to something that was written there was a letter to the editor which was a magazine newspaper and those are heavily filtered and granted they're filtered by the people who are creating the content but they are basically – that was a process so that all those crazy blood screeds you received, borderline death threats you got, didn't make it to anyone could see them. Well, that's why a would, shame. No I'm, no, I'm saying like why would you need to see them? <laughs> why would that control the narrative? So with – and with any internet – I'm saying any internet forum where there's comments or responses, including – I'm pretty hardline on this in Facebook, Twitter – like you name it. Even on people's in, like individual posts, like if you posted something, you'd want a moderator. I so I would. I actually would. I think if for me, would you be your own moderator? I, you could be your own moderator if it's like your personal Facebook page, yeah. or if you're writing for a publication, or even like your own blog. You are your own moderator. I think that leads to a healthier conversation, and it doesn't mean. But who's the filter though? See, that's that's where censorship comes into. Play. Well, here's the thing. You have your own blogspot account. Like you can, you can. If you have a response, you can write your own comment and yeah. response. You can write your own publication. What someone is writing, you want to have. There's a conversation that could be had. So if you want to write a rebuttal, you can write on your own page. No one is stopping you from doing that. And how? <laughs> no one's seeing it either. I mean, like, yeah, no one's, <laughs> yeah. People are, people are seeing my tweets. I don't think that's really <laughs> happening. But like, my point is that like the most 
productive conversations you can have online are, and even like among like comedians, people like control their universe so that they feel like they're around people who, even if they post anything, they've only kept people around who are most likely to contribute to what they're saying. Do you feel unsafe in the comment sections of most platforms? I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying feeling I feel unsafe. I just feel like it's a waste of time. Honestly, I feel like there's I, a lot of conversation that could be had that because anyone can blurt out anything in a comments thread, the conversation gets lost when there are – if there was – and it's not like there's a valid conversation to be had in a thread of 100 comments. There's legitimate points. They just get wiped away from bullshit and then the bullshit leads the narrative. So if someone – in charge of a comment section. I've seen this like blogs when they first started would hire interns to like moderate comments and that produced a really healthy conversation in comments. And they have like featured co- – like uh, even like Deadspin and Gawker like back when they were at their peak like 10, 12 years ago, they had interns filter comments and you had great – I would read it for the comments. I read because I feel like this is a great illumination of what I'm talking about. Which you don't have in other forums. Yeah, like, like I, I'm, I'm – IMDB just – Got rid of their comment section, and it was the best thing they've ever. <laughs> oh done, yeah, ever. Yeah, because that was the most depressing thing in the world. Oh, it's scrolling uh, down and seeing what every asshole had to write about every movie. It was just, it was. I also think so, yeah. so bad, and I think it was beyond moderation. Like, yeah, no one could ever stop it. It was, it became some sort of. Well, I appreciate you know, the concept, but I don't think it's a one size fits all where I, I, it should be a I universal. Think thing. I think it's a default setting. That's what I want it to be. I don't want it to be like. If you can, if you want to open oh, it up, oh, setting, to, yeah. Like, so you can open it up to like. If you want to open up to all commenters, also. you have that rights. But I also think once you set in people's mind that they can comment on anything, I think it's like we're at a point now where generation, like generationally, we are at a point where we are used to having unfiltered opinions. Like we can comment on anything, anything. I think also if there is a moderation factor in terms of you have you get all these comments, oh, I have to go through all of them. I better like spend less time. Yelling at people, or like, because I, I have to filter this. You spend more time, and there's more craft and consideration. Quality control. Put, it's a self-built-in quality control thing, and I think it also trains people to feel like they are. They have to make sure they have an invitation and that they are contributing instead of just like instinctually firing. And I think that's a big part of it. And you can. There's a lot of benefits to have that. I think it's also one of those things, once you don't have that and then you implement that, people are like, this is treason. This is fascism. You're taking away our rights. I'm like, any po- and anytime that happens, I'm like, if you – Well, the options, like I think that's always a good thing to have the option. Yeah. Maybe comments that have been flagged as inappropriate are, don't you know appear under yeah. that, that I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking you don't – like instead of flag as inappropriate, you just – they're already flagged and then you can uh, you can unlock them sort of in that way as they appear relevant. I just – I feel like – Facebook, it, shockingly, has a really good feature for this if you have – A page. A fan page, not to brag. Yeah. Do. But you can hide comments, but the person who left it still sees it. Okay. So they think their comment is still there. Oh, I didn't know about that. everyone I, else – doesn't see. I, I don't even like that. I think we should just tell people in any platform. Well, you have you have the right to uh, submit your response, whether or not it is perceived is up to the person who posted it. And then if you don't like that, you can write your own rebuttal on whatever forum you want. I think we shouldn't have comment sections. It feels like an experiment that we tried out and. Right. Hard pass. I think it's like also, we could just go back to the letters to the editor thing. Yeah, yeah. But that's what <laughs> I'm like that would be fine with me. Absolutely, because I think like YouTube I think comments. If you bypass, yeah. you bypass comments. 
you get to if you're reading an online publication or whatever articles or whatever content that you're consuming if you want to write a response or you want to write on your own blog or you want to write anywhere anything that you want to do which you you can go into uh uh you can submit your own response and see if they will publish it which yeah. could you know that would be another form of moderation. Right. Yeah. That would be great Let because you would actually have a substantial. I'm not saying any at any point you should not have the right to a site where you can ex- you can write things that you want to write online. No, that's just, what I'm saying. I mean, I'm saying I want to get rid of that. I mean, no, maybe. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also I just st- want to add that in there. I'm like, get rid of all the I mean, comments. Sometimes sections, the comment sections please. are so entertaining, though. But I'm saying like you can have There's you a lot can, of hateful stuff in them. I mean, like no, yeah, no. Wait, oh, no, 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 I have that. seen many videos of YouTube on cats. I did it. <laughs> I feel like like I, I might have accidentally like if punch. I hit too hard I might have accidentally punched your dick or something. Yeah, no, was, uh, that that's a worry. It's not on your lap. That's a concern. But uh, uh, I'm glad you gave context to the audience. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, like, I also think that when the internet was founded, a lot of it was like sort of more educated, like nerdy people who are programmers and they were sort of figuring out this is like a forum for communication because it started in academia and there's sort of a way of communication and like if you're a programmer or you're studying in like a grad school that you assume a higher level of like baseline. Bunch of fucking nerds. Bunch of nerds. nerds. I'm not denying that, but I'm just saying like I think that was designed with the idea that this is a way of people, like you open that shit up you don't realize but, the Pandora's box yeah, you're opening up. You you think you're just going to be able to talk about what happened on Babylon Five? Yeah. And now, n- next thing you know, it's twenty years later. And now people are saying it's real, and Nazis the Earth is flat. Back and, and, yeah, yeah. You know, everything's horrible, and the president is a game show host. Yeah, and it's, Peter Farrelly is the best picture. Oscar yeah, movie. yeah, exactly. <laughs> what all, a time to be alive! Down. <laughs> It's uh, it's the um, the mass hysteria we were warned about in Ghostbusters. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, that's just my- tell us about the aliens. Put the cherry on the top. All right. I mean, like my take is like. Uh- People, if you took, I feel like you. You can don't even, think aliens should be able to comment on things? <laughs> they can start their own blog spot. What if that's what how I'm we saying? make first contact? Is through do they, listen? Do they, they find com- a comment, comment section, section and have, then we shut it down. Do we, like, ha- do we like, have? No. Do we have? They give up. Yeah. Do they, they have like an ISP? Do they have yeah. like an email? They have an internet connection. They can for, they can join alien at gmail dot com and they can start their own medium dot com page and it will be fine. That's true. Gmail's in on it. I don't yeah. know if. Come on. I don't know if we're taking. This seriously enough that there may be actual <laughs> alien websites out there trying to contact us. Yeah, they were oh, all. They sure. were all. There's they an were, agenda. They were, how, how bad? They were all on like, like, their geo cities. They were all geo cities. That's what I'm saying. That's like, why they <laughs> shut it down. Angel Fire. They all got shut down. Yeah. If I find Ask a, Jeeves. Yeah. The best. It's. I. I just looked it up, and hopefully, if you go out on their desktop site, maybe the comments are still there. But the best comment section of all time. A website called Read Write Web wrote an article called Facebook Wants to Be Your One True Login. And because they're so good at SEO, if you searched Facebook login, if you just plug that into Google, for a long time, it was, or for a brief time, it was the number one result. And there were all these fucking dummies who their usual means of getting to Facebook was to Google Facebook login (laughs) And then click that first link, and then they're on Facebook. Well, yeah, because the browsers have that little like the, yeah, the, Chrome the address, will have that. The address bar looks yeah. like looks like you can just type anything you want into it, and it takes you magically to wherever right. you're on the internet. Yeah. So they don't all these that that's 
actually having an impact on the internet. All yeah. these people who were used to accessing Facebook that way clicked on the first link, which was this article, and then there were hundreds and hundreds of comments from people who are like, I don't really like the way Facebook looks now. <laughs> like, I want my pictures, but why can't I find my pictures? <laughs> and I don't, I think they maybe deleted the comments, but if you go out to the article, at least on mobile, which is what I'm on right now, they have this big disclaimer in the middle of it, Can alerting, it? it says, Dear Visitors from Google, this site is not Facebook. <laughs> this is a website called Read Write Web that reports on news about Facebook and other internet site. services. I know Read Write Web. I've read some of their content before. It's okay. And then they plug their <laughs> Facebook page in the middle of it, of course. Why wouldn't you? And then it says to access Facebook right now, click here. For future reference, type Facebook.com into your browser <laughs> or enter Facebook into Google and click on the first result. I was just going to say, like, you, you could type Facebook and hit enter, and then you think that would be, like, the most intuitive way to find it, if you, even if you don't know how to really use a browser. But think much. about, like, if you have just the most basic understanding of how search searching something on the internet works like what are you looking for my facebook login yeah all right well type facebook login i blame aol keywords for this yeah yeah i I will say though like does someone have to be at fault can't it just be i blame (laughs) i blame society (laughs) energy yeah i need someone to blame but like for just to give an example like when the we when we thought Trump was a joke, the birther controversy was going on where Obama is from Kenya and he's a secret Muslim and therefore he is not allowed to be president. I just want to point out. I'm gonna isolate way. that. Wait, wait, wait. We, <laughs> At, wait Ethan yeah. Stanislavski on this week's on. On. <laughs> I, wanna, I also want to point out that Adam and I never thought Trump was a joke. And we were like the only people I know, that were terrified of I wrote an article about it in 2015. We had, we had a podcast where we were like, no, this is fucked. We're screwed. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and, then, uh, and then it turned out to be true. Yeah. Well, this was also like, even before, this was like 2009, 10 when that Obama birth stuff was going on. And oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was yeah, like, that, that was, was like way before. Way before. That was yeah. before like 2010, really, was when it was going on. And like, I remember hearing an interview, I think it was with Jimmy Carter, where he basically said, this stuff was always around. There's always been these fringe theories. Uh, when I was president, it was 1% to 2% of the population tops. Now it's 20 to 40%. And that's because of the ability, the unchecked, the lack of like regulation of how media spreads. And I think right. that's something that internet comment culture and not just like not just le- the fact that there's no real blocks to, to this stuff. And you can't really control information on the internet. That's fine. But I just think if you made people sort of have to think this has to be moderated, what you're, what I'm going to write, if I, if it's crazy, will not be deleted. And even if they write it anyway, it's still deleted. That just helps reduce the hysteria of internet, like panic out culture, which I think yeah. has benefits yeah. on every front of society. Absolutely. That if you, if you take away the ability to, have every opinion heard by like you can have every opinion heard in your own thing, but on a th- reasonable thread, take away the lack of reason, which can dominate the conversation and ruin. We all we've all been on in this yeah. world at some point. I think if you just made it so it defaulted to every comment was regu- was had to be approved if at all. I think that solves so many problems with what we're having in the media. Yeah, I mean, it can be Facebook, a, Twitter, well, it Instagram. Depends on the regulator. Well, I think you're self-regul- self-regulator. Like you can, re- you can oh, either okay. regulate. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you have the choice. If you're writing something, 
you are the one to approve and disapprove comments. Oh. I sort Ooh. of I like that. I think like I don't want to have to do. Well, that. Well, you can still yeah, delete comments you don't like. Right? You can delete. Co- I mean, yeah, you can, but that takes work, and it's just like I think it. The, I like that there's more work involved because I think that makes people, even when they write something, think of things through and have to yeah, like, write less and blurt out less and be more conscious of like. But like for me, like as a writer, I don't care about the comments. Well, then don't let any of them get published. Well, yeah, that's then, the thing. There you go. I could also, I could also just let all of them get published. Yeah, but I, but that I'm saying that contributes nothing. I think that I, so. I, I'd rather well, if you feel the same way. If there's all or nothing, yeah. Then, I'd, well, do you I mean, think about, all comment, comment sections are useless? I think if there's some kind of regulation on comments, or just or just like any kind of regulation on rebuttals to how things are yeah. written, I think you just need some kind of way for people to. Think things through. Put and, links to shows in LA. Yeah, or <laughs> come to Night Church every fourth Sunday at the Pack Theater. Hashtag Hail Night Church uh, or at Hail Night Church on Instagram it's, and Twitter. I'm just going to do that for the rest of the show. <laughs> another, another however long this goes. Yeah, but at its best, a comment section is um, a platform for conversation about the article. Right. Yeah. And further, you know, conversation and discussion. And that's valuable. And I do like that. Talk about it at work. Yeah. Yeah, talk about it on your own time. <laughs> oh wait, you have to wait. You have to talk shit. to people in human form. Or, yeah, or yeah. Cut that See, shit I out. Think that, that's the problem though, because it's like you're, you're just like have people just it's this unfiltered mania, just like spitting out garbage. And I also think like, what like, if you had to call get someone to leave a rid comment? Of it. Yeah, what well, I'm saying. Yeah, that, if you had to say it out. That's loud, what I'm saying. It's like it's a comment. it's a behavioral <laughs> thing. It's also it trains people from a behavioral point or of view. Can't do it anonymously. How about that? Or well, they they do that on YouTube, and people still just like lose their minds. Like, yeah. I just, yeah, or just I, I think it's I'm going to also- do that through yeah. as a Patreon level. <laughs> you want to comment for one me- hour a day? <laughs> no, 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 one hour a month. I will just open up a phone line, and people can call <laughs> and leave me comments, and we'll talk about that shit. <laughs> I'm so I'm going to do that. Should we get to speaking of listener? Yeah. Comments. Should we get to one quick listener opinion, then get the fuck out of here? Yeah, that sounds good. Randall, do the music. Oh, okay. Motherfucker. <laughs> no, not the first one. The set. You know, it's a big world out there. It's easy to feel like the things you say don't even matter. I want you to know that's not true. It's why we call this segment "Your Voice Matters." Where we read stops actually doesn't your stupid fucking comments and opinions from the last few shows and respond to them personally. Fade it out, Brett. It fades out on its own. I just say fade it out, Brett. There's also no Brett here. There's also he's off. He's off go. camera. There was enough talking. I can he's cut it off. He's in a different dimension. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a different dimension. He's our old, our original engineer. He's, he's our, your sad platypus. Yeah. And I'm not going to learn, I'm not going to learn a new name every time. <laughs> no, so. no, no, no. Brett ascended. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, there's, there's absolutely no connection lost between all the Thetans. fact that I'm delayed on hitting the music button and you scream, hit it, Brett. <laughs> and I do not respond to the name Brett whatsoever. <laughs> I think, well, I got to get used to that. Jesus. Which of these should we read? One of them, I feel like. Ugh. I kind of want to do the tough one, the 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 Antifa one. I kind of want to do that one. You guys want to go there? The f- the listeners have been swinging for the goddamn fences. We had a defense of Louis C.K. in an episode. 
We had a guy who said Seinfeld's never been funny. What? Come on. So let's go. In- All right, let's do it. Uh, Antifa is as bad as the alt-right. This is the, the this is a listener opinion. Hi, Adam and team. I've been listening <laughs> yeah. to your shows back when you started the show at Cracked. I started listening freshman year of high school and just wanted to thank you for everything you've done. Your parents should have intervened. As a college student in Portland, my unpopular opinion is that Antifa is just as bad as the far-right extremists they fight against. The mayhem that is caused in my city by these two extremist groups is absurd. Protests are no longer safe to go to because regardless of what the topic is, these two factions of virgins will be there causing violence. Violence! Especially in regards to political opinions, solves nothing and just reaffirms the opposition's belief. If these people were to just take the time to sit down and have a conversation about their beliefs, things might actually get solved. Thanks for giving me the chance to get my opinion out there. Dalton. Of course his name's Dalton. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Dalton, Dalton has a point, but also there's no talking in war, son. Yeah. I that's, you understand? The, that's sort of where I, I, I'll say this. I agree that punching and physical violence is you either negotiate at the table or you start sh- shooting and killing each other. And I'm not saying, but I say that I don't mean the second option is absolutely no. Well, I'm saying that is a legitimate way to get yeah. an agenda across is to start a legitimate war with violence and murder. I just feel like half punching is a half measure. If you're like one or the other is well, where I am. The problem is too, is like if you're, <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're, yeah, if you if the alt right, which was having this huge surge at one point, and it was just this wave of of white supremacy to like the extreme to the fucking stupid tiki torch bullshit, yeah. And the minute you see that, and you see dumbass polo shirt white dudes who don't even know what the fuck they're talking about yeah. with tiki torches, and then I see a bunch of guys with scarves over their faces running in, throwing Molotov cocktails at them, and and doing whatever. I'm like, awesome, yeah. Finally, somebody like countered their bullshit with so uh, you, you don't mind vigilante justice no i don't yeah and i get I, that and in yeah. fact i prefer it i yeah. well well okay it's sorry. it's he, the dalton it's dalton hey dalton, dalton. so Hi, he dalton. said you know he wants everyone to sort of sit at the table and talk about it and i think that's a superior form of conflict resolution but like the right. whole world's at fucking war yeah, You know, it's like, where's common sense? You really think militant groups are going to, you know, do you think that's their default? Like, they're going to really want to sit down? That's not the right. way. Yeah, it's like, it's like if you could negotiate, that would be great. But the problem is that it had escalated so much, it was beyond negotiation at that and it, a certain point. I think there's a bend, I, don't break part of this culture. I think we've, we've tried negotiating at the table for however well, many years the post-Reagan era has started. I think it's not even that. I think there's nothing to negotiate. Like, there's no, like, the argument cannot ever be, well, all right, let's hear these pseudo Nazis out. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfuckers are Nazis. And it's like, it's almost the same thing as the Louis C.K. thing where where the argument the listener made was that, well, he just jerked off in front of someone and that's weird, but it's not like actual rape. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. And with the Louis C.K. thing, it was an abuse of power. Yeah. And with this, yes, fighting, like two people fighting are indeed doing the same thing. But one of those sides is fighting Nazis. Yeah. That's a huge fucking difference. And if you don't like that your town is taking an active role in fighting Nazis, fucking move. Yeah. 
Go somewhere else because those Nazis need to be fucking fought. These aren't two equal sides fighting and there is nothing to talk about when it right. comes to one of those sides. Well, see, yeah. but that's the attitude and I'm just going to play devil's advocate. That's the attitude that keeps people at conflict is no attempt to even understand the other perspective not that it's like you know maybe the other side might not have the eq to obviously it's rooted in ignorance hate is rooted in ignorance right but um it's i I watched this really cool documentary i forgot what it's called but it's by um a south asian woman um she lives in england and she actually meets with alt-right members some of the most dangerous alt-right members and you see her form almost a friendship and now they can identify a person a human to that brown skin and you you see the shift in them. They're like almost like scared little boys that you know, like we're stunted now. Yeah. They're sort of like, oh, you're a person. You're per- oh, you're right. kind of cool. Like see, what, that, that, you're not that, a threat to my safety. That also connects to like all these. Other, the, uh, there's a lot of problems that are like they're all they're all really connected. And and one of them that you brought up that's interesting is like mental health. And how that's not addressed, and then we suddenly end up with crazy yeah. ass Nazis because they don't. Yeah. And like, especially the like stigma of men uh, to get enemy. mental health care, right? Will so, be and will yeah. lead to a lot of that. I so mean, I think you know, Nazism is that, that touches on that, and there's yeah. a whole. It's thing. it's a maladaptive coping mechanism. It seems yeah. like anyone who sort of joins that. It's movement. I, I have an alt right friend ish. More acquaintance, Isaac Simpson. He's been on the podcast a couple times. I've been on his podcast, which he co-hosts with the delightful and not alt-right Charles Disney. Uh, Does alt-right mean you're racist inherently? Yes. Well, here's the thing. When you talk about talking, like sitting down and talking. Is it a supremacy thing or white supremacy? Well, I've sat down. What I'm I'm saying is I've sat down and talked to Isaac. And one of the things that really uh, gets in my craw when it comes to the alt-right is their stance on immigration. And I, we've, I think it was on his podcast. And basically the idea is, well, every country should be able to make their own immigration laws and exclude whoever they want. And that sounds like, okay, well, that's, that's a reasonable starting point to go from, but is it? Because what he's arguing, there are so many countries right now, like even China, where if you're a Muslim, you're not really welcome Safe. there. Yeah. And we talked about it and it got to the point where, okay, well, if you let everyone decide where, who they let in and who they don't let in based on whatever they want to base it on, what if every country decides no Muslims, where do they go? And his answer was, they'll have to figure it out. So what's to talk about? Right. Like so that the, is the that's how genocides happen. Yeah. 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 Like there's no And that's showing how there is an inability for them to level as well. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing is I really liked her approach in the documentary, how she tried to reach them at a human level. Now if it's complicated, that's not an efficient way to do things. Yeah. Yeah. I also But I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that like that's that's the thing. That's such a labor intensive approach. And she was forming relationships. I had a Yeah. But I, I know. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say there were former, um, you know, alt right people who sort of, you know, changed their ways. They they had an epiphany and they saw things from a a different perspective, a broader perspective. What if we just kidnap a bunch of alt right people and make friends with them? Yeah, just just uh, you guys have put a bag over their head. (laughs) I'm going to leave that to the white men. Put a bag over their head, feed them high C. We can kidnap whoever we want. I'm not making that, that my cause. <laughs> Although, you know what? 
that's very interesting. I would actually love to have a civil conversation with an alt-right uh, person. And not just that. If but it's possible. What I brought, bullet, what, bullet I just, what I just great. said sounded pretty crazy, and it is. But also, there was a guy in the 80s when cults were a really big thing. Yeah. That's what he did. Like, the parents would be like, look, my kid is in this fucking cult. And he would drive up, snatch them off the street, and take them to a motel room and, and basically sit them down again, for two days. Yeah, Simpsons parody. The Simpsons addressed that directly. There's also, Most of my points reference the, of society but, nuclear also, power uh, but, to uh, kidnap. You were and there's, there's all sorts of arguments there because, for yeah. like, one thing, he was the cutting edge of cult deprogramming. Like, the entire industry was like, this guy fucking gets it. Yeah. But also sometimes it was just some people didn't want to hang out with their parents enough. And the parents were like, this guy's in a cult. Like he kidnapped one dude five times. <laughs> and every time the guy was just like, I just want to fucking live at this commune and fucking live my life. And not, I don't want to go see my parents. Yeah. And yeah. every time he would go kidnap the fucking dude. So like do we need to do that with the alt right? Like, should we well, start? Look, it's it's complicated because kidnapping the alt right. There's the title of this episode. Should we kidnap our, the alt right? Should we kidnap conditioning the conditioning is so strong, right? So that's the thing. Right. Some people might not even have a shot if you're born into a family with these sort of beliefs. That's your conditioning from day one. Yeah. So it's just like, is there a way to? I mean, it's hard. Hurt people hurt people. It's hard to like give someone a hug if they're like throwing punches at you. Right. But like, is there a way to reach someone? So, you know, like to it's the deprogramming thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're I I think my only thing is if you it's I feel like a lot of people, especially like even L.A., like extreme left. But like we have all friends in L.A., like very left people. I think I think there is a certain point with people in that world where any kind of reasonable communication just breaks down and there's no way. To get in touch. I also think when uh, you are in the alt-right and you are of a group whose life is being threatened by what the alt-right is trying to do, I think there's an element of self-defense that's inherent. Like how many times can you get punched in the face by society before you punch back? I think that's really a part of it. And I think that's something – I feel like – again, I feel like you either negotiate, which I feel like it has broken down a little bit. I wish there was almost – like this is going to sound like, okay, FBI – I understand if you're listening. I, I'm there's a fire on go. me. Like, well, see now they might listen. If you're, <laughs> did you call? Uh, yeah. uh, female box inspectors. I, that's the FBI I was referring to. Uh, but uh, like, I just feel like if you're going to punch, just go like, hey, a Nazi's here on Wilshire Boulevard. Let's drive there and punch him. I kind of wish there was more like. If you're gonna go that route, go it in a way where there's an institutional, like not really, but like an institutional fear. I feel like that's like you have to really be more mobilized and organized if that's the route you're going for. So I'm not saying negotiation works. I'm saying like if you're going to get violent, it should be with more of an agenda that's clear and organized behind it. But don't you think? Don't you think that which is war, basically? What I'm saying. Yeah, right. Don't you think that? This like where it started, where where uh, the alt right has begun, and or, and then where it ended up, where it got to the point where it was literally physical violence and riots and stuff like that. Don't you think that the alt right had escalated to a point where they were being matched? It was like a cause and effect thing. Like you can't 
let that happen. You can't just stand by and let a bunch of white supremacists march through We've, town. Like that happened. There was twelve years of and not let them have consequences. Yeah, there and was the consequences. Are I'll throw rocks that at I you. Do. I'm like, I don't care. Is that that's 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 the appropriate. See that I do that. that I do kind of disagree with because I think. There's a tendency to overreact to stuff like that now because Trump is in office when that's a thing that for a long time has happened and people are just like, look at these fucking Nazis, like do your fucking march. But this one, but there was, these were exceptions. They were on college campuses. They were on like public places that were, it was, it was very different. It wasn't like, oh, there was a private bullshit thing at some guy's house and they all dress in their stupid freaking yeah these are protests this was, op- this was public it was open and people were like behind it it was like becoming a movement like well yeah we're gonna just we're just gonna we're just gonna do a nazi march if that's cool with everybody and i know they can they can call it whatever they want but they're a bunch of fucking nazis right well, it's like, also like it's the, like yeah. so again i'm not like you know i don't think that we shouldn't negotiate but the minute people get up and start marching through the streets with with embarrassing tiki torch <laughs> bullshit. I feel I mean, bad for someone who just like is like a person who just designs tiki torches and it's just that, like that guy got like, yeah. Just, I like, I like, yeah. I just like I used that to have aesthetic. tiki torches in my backyard in right. South Dakota. And now it's like, <laughs> I'm sure no picture is ever gonna come back to haunt me. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's like, but like I'm fucking thirty in that picture. So like, yeah, you're, you're, we're talking about like, I mean, it's gone to, it's gone so far, yeah, that Antifa's like, fuck these people, let's just try to shut There's, them down. I mean, let's I like shut them down with fear, and if even if that's what it takes, just for the short term to stop that from happening, it's, it's, to stop that from. I spreading. see that as putting out so it's bleeding. an efficient like, tactic. Stop stopping bleeding is what I see in Antifa. Well, yeah, yeah, that's sort of the way I see it. And yeah. it's not. It's not saying like that's the only way to do this. We should only do that. I'm not dis- disagreeing with uh, uh, Dalton. I'm. I'm just saying like it's. I think it's nuanced because it's there's there's the the reaction to something like that is not negotiation because you can you it's they've already decided that yeah if they were taking it to the streets and it's yeah. going to be if if they were capable of negotiation too then both who knows if well if they don't want to then that yeah. is that disqualifies negotiation right there right well that's what I'm saying like the march also kind of represented that at least to yeah. me I yeah. I don't know but it just uh, I'm not an alt right expert but <laughs> when you're walking through the streets and you're pro white supremacy. I feel like you're sending a very strong message and you are not backing down and you are not there to negotiate. You are aggressively asserting white supremacy. And if you have another right. group coming in going, fuck you, and then throw, again, throwing rocks, lighting things on fire, whatever, and it becomes this like battle, it's like, well, I mean, it's like, why? I mean, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. The thing, white supremacy happen. doesn't really need a vocal advocate yeah. That's what in I'm this saying. country. That's, it's it's doing all right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Without it, yeah, Richard Spencer, yeah, exactly, being its mouthpiece. That's, that's what makes like, it even worse. Because it's fucking happening. Like even already, we the society we live in is inherently yeah based on white people determining the agenda at the expense of anyone else who's not like all those guys that were there with those torches. All these guys that were doing this stuff, they have the privilege to be able to go out and do that without getting shut down immediately or murdered by the cops or whatever they would do if they were any other skin color or any other ethnicity or whatever. It's like they're, they're, they're already exercising their, their white male privilege by being out there. 
doing this stupid right. shit and then on top of that like you that's it, it's literally it is exactly white supremacy it, there's no like that's not an exaggeration it's like that you're not satisfied with the fact that society is tilted toward uh white males having privilege you want you want to make sure that everyone else stays down and that you yeah. are on right. top I wanna, that, I, that is a that Go is on. a message willing that is a message that i think is worth throwing rocks at, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I would agree. Thank uh, you. I just want to say there was an incident, this is in the 70s, when uh, it was uh, Skokie, Illinois, there was a Nazi march. Right. I don't know if anyone, you've, since you've heard that. And this was a march they had, it was Skokie. I grew up in Illinois. Yeah, so it, you, you know that. It's yeah. a very, it's a very Jewish suburb of Chicago, roughly. And they had, uh, they had a Nazi march, and this was in the 70s, so people were, especially because there were people who were alive and remember that, and mm-hmm. a lot of survivors were there. And the ACLU defended the right to have that march because the ACLU overall has that – like everyone should be entitled to speech. Yeah. But ACLU also had a very strong backing from Jewish – just had – its base was inherently yeah. very Jewish. Oh, disproportionately Jewish. Right. And they basically were crippled financially by – defending this Nazi protest. It, it made sense for them at the time, given where they were in their agenda. So ethically, it was the right thing to do, but it, it in, they suffered. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's because, like, it people reach the limit of... I do, like, we value in American society free speech sort of above all. That is the first of our amendments. But I think they're, human beings in general have a limit to what they can tolerate. And I think even in America, where we have a, a, a real... We sort of deify free speech and free expression... To our, I think overall, to the to the benefit uh, of the people who live here, I think there is a natural human tendency to want to restrict, especially things that are hateful and attacking people. And I think that is, and even we, even in America, we have fire and crowd theater stuff like that. I think there's a there's a limit naturally, and I think we have stretched the limit beyond a point where it is at all reasonable. And I think pulling it back yeah. is a valuable. Thing. Well, I'll so, say yeah. this: just not like completely, but just like oh. Just it's stretched out. Just bring it back to where. No, like, I, 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 I was, yeah, I agree. Well, I, I say like who who draws the line because I think that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. And then also, I'm not white, right. so but and I hate I obviously hate that ideology because it it doesn't help me or my people or anyone really except you know maintaining this privilege. But I am a big advocate of free speech, and I think that is a slippery yeah. slope yeah. and a dangerous line. And yeah, of course, I think if you want to counter that, maybe have a different ideology marching on the same day somewhere. Yeah. Or, or do, there's other ways or to counter kill these them. ideas. That's not my suggestion. They're but it's genocidal an maniacs. Well, look, and that's a militant other... response to a militant group. Right. That's that's sort of what I'm like. And, I'm, yeah. You know, maybe some people feel like, oh, that's the only way. Because yeah. if, you know, there's no it's way to reach. It's also like the only way historically that Nazis have been defeated was with a war on a scale. So I feel like we've had evidence in the world of this is how we once defeated Nazis very effectively, which led to millions upon millions upon millions of deaths. But it would have led to more if we hadn't done that because Hitler would have killed everyone who wasn't in his mindset. So it's almost right. like we have seen a brutal war that devastates all studies, but it has worked in quelling the quest for conquest and death. So I think there's people are like, yeah, that has worked. And there was, and even before there we was a world war. quell the quest for conquest. Yeah. So, I agree. So there, and even before. I mean, we all saw Game of Thrones. Yeah. 
That's that's kind Did of yeah. I didn't. No. Yeah. But I mean, really? That, yeah. Oh wow. I'm but surprised. that is a balance. It's I don't like, watch it. Either you preserve How cool am I, right? Yeah, yeah you're the coolest Holy person. Shit. But it's a balance. Like, do you preserve a system that is broken and failing people? Or what is the level you go to to uproot it with does the way you uproot it cause less suffering than the method to uproot something that's already causing a lot of suffering. I think uh, that's also the, I think the, the the line drawing thing and the this kind of getting into censorship and stuff like that, like we're like repressing or or suppressing these messages is a difficult conversation to have because people constantly cry free speech and they're like, well, we, you know, we're Nazis, we should have free speech and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but it's like there's there's lots of stuff that we kind of sort of either tacitly or openly just don't do because it's, you know, uh, uh, hurtful or dangerous or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, we were just talking about nuclear energy, and it's like this is the this is the 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 philosophical nuclear energy where you're like, it's not that you it, it's it can if it's not contained properly or handled properly, it is extremely dangerous. But and, not in a ta- not in that same tangible way where uh, you know people are. Affected physically, yeah, like sort of. In a, well, in a I mean, and of it can, and that's the unfortunate and that's, thing. That's yeah. where I think the line is: is if you know, if you're, if you are talking about an ideology that's different than exercising, you know, the ideology well, by like, you know, yeah. you know, beating up people right. who aren't white. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, if you take a, a history class, I mean, it shouldn't be like we can't talk about Nazis at all, or never talk about Nazis, or whatever. Yeah, it's not like that. It's like it's like don't even say it. It's not, it's not like some Voldemort thing or we, you know, but like um um. You don't think hate. Speech That's should Harry be protected. Potter, uh, Adam. You don't think Harry hates- Potter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh. Harry Potter. I've never seen Voldemort <laughs> or read it. Anyway, okay. Anyway. Uh, but moving, do you think hate speech on. should be protected or un- like not protected? Is it? Hate if, speech is what? not. Hate crimes are obviously like a. a hate crimes, but issue, hate but like, speech is. Well, it depends on what. If it's like direct threats of violence about. or yeah. death yeah. threats. But even then, like, there's different. Everyone has different standards for what constitutes that. Also, yeah. So that's. It crosses over into other areas, too, because it's like you, we can, we can sort of just say hate speech. But if you're threatening people with your, you know, your ideology or whatever, that actually crosses over into becoming a criminal. So yeah. Th- so we do the, see a line. We, yeah. There, yeah. There, yeah, there absolutely, no, absolutely is a line. It's just a, it needs to be enforced and uh, and and Nazis need to be shamed and hit with rocks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the ideology is trash, but I feel like everyone's entitled to the dignity of their own experience, but not at the expense of other people. But, you right. know, but that's the thing is their ideology is promoting a certain thing that they're not allowed to do. So that's, yeah. see, that's, it's yeah. just, well, yeah. you know, what's, the point it's like you're trying to they well, want the thing about it. talking is we know how we know how this ideology ends yeah, yeah. like yeah. we've we publicly tried the nazis for that very reason yeah like so we knew how it worked it, and it, how we should respond to it which is pretty fucking harshly like we still like if you're a 90 year old nazi and a, a motherfucker finds you you're probably going to get executed yeah. at 90 yeah. And that's a movie called The Boys from Brazil. <laughs> and it's a thing see. that happens. Like And there's yeah, it's a based that I don't know if that's based on a true story, but based on a true story according to you're me right also now. your defense of free speech is you have the right to say that other people don't have the same validity to what they are and what their perspectives are. Yeah. So there's like you're you are saying your free speech is saying other people should not be recognized. So how is that 
free speech. Right. How is that free speech? Do you, yeah, do your free speech should say other people should not have free speech. I don't like that. Yeah. Doesn't track for me. It did, it, yeah, it creates yeah. almost like a paradox where you're like, what the fuck are you even talking yeah. about? Well, I don't even know. Man, again, I should have had Milo Yiannopoulos on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, the argument is they're the people and, and, and people like me are, are not. Right. Right. So yeah. how is that free speech to say you... And it pisses like, them yeah. off that, you know, like, maybe some people like me might make more money. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or have a forum to talk. Like, like if uh, uh, we have, uh, um, like, AOC is really popular right now, and it's like everyone's completely threatened by her because she's a woman. Yeah. And she's a, a person of color. So it's like... It's it's scary and it's got to be, you know it's it's it, that shouldn't happen and blah blah and that's that's the problem like suppressing that trying to yeah. kill that how is that it's all fear based yeah, yeah. all rights all fear based it's um you know that's the whole point of the suppression is they feel threatened they feel mm -hmm. threatened like someone's taking By an opportunity for them like there's a well there's the idea that there's a scarcity you know yeah. why can't everyone have a piece of the pie or why you know why is there a limited pie like what's the what's the issue right you're like looking for a scapegoat a, you're looking to blame something someone else a group for your problems yeah 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 what are the alt-right problems what are they pissed off about what are they that's really the, pissed off about that's the that's the thing <laughs> there's a lot there but it's yeah. it's what they're blame there's and there are like i will say this there are legitimate class issues and the way economic power structure works in this country that are actively fucking over poor white people in this country. I don't think anyone here would deny that. Mm. But it's easier on one level to believe it's because of brown people than it is to sort of look at the structure and see what that entails. Well, that's the point of scapegoat. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you create you create exactly. The, the myth of the welfare queen and all that stuff like that and all the people who are exploiting uh, government uh, assistance when those things are actually really important. And keep people alive and they're yeah. extremely helpful it keeps and, more poor like, white people alive uh it keeps it keep, well it like keeps statistically hence yeah. the ignorance it's yeah. just like well you're fighting for a cause that doesn't really make sense yeah yeah trump's uh, i bring this up a lot trump's immigration policy proves that trump supporters did not read anything <laughs> yeah. before he got elected because i think it was uh, like he obviously got a lot of rural white voters who were angry about immigration and had they read his very first campaign proposals. Everything about it was about how illegal immigration impacts black males the most. And it was all targeted at how this is a problem that impacts black people. And I don't think I've ever heard a single Trump supporter bring that up yeah. yeah and i don't that's wild i don't know if they think that part if they realize that part is coming but trump didn't say i'm gonna win 95 percent of the black vote in 2020 for no reason right yeah. like his immigration policy is going in a direction that a lot of people who voted for him in 2016 are not fucking expecting yeah yeah and He's it's an... no go ahead i was just gonna say like the it's just a bunch of horse shit. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. On that note, well, in conclusion, <laughs> it's just a bunch of horse You have wasted an hour of your life. No, look, it's, it's a bunch of horse shit. Like, with the, 
the wall, <laughs> for example. Like the yeah. wall, like a symbolic wall. Why yeah. are you wasting money on a symbol? Yeah, it's yeah. a vanity project. It, yeah. We talked about straw bands on the last episode. The lo- the fucking wall is the straw ban of immigration. Yeah. It's not going to do, do shit. That's yeah. idiotic. It's not going to fix that's a fucking thing. Idiotic. That's, that's horse shit. Fast yeah. and Furious, we all know it's based on underground tunnels. That's how it's done. And that's fast how... cars. <laughs> and fast cars. <laughs> Hell, I, I will say there them. was a story of a woman who was an ardent Trump supporter at the southern border of Texas, and then she found out when wall construction was going on, her house technically was in Mexico. <laughs> she didn't realize that. <laughs> Until they built, were building the wall, and then she was mad that she had been in Mexico. I was like, that story's like, okay, sometimes stupidity double negatives itself. I hope they have. Right. Sometimes you just gotta let karma do its thing, you know? <laughs> like, we don't have to, sometimes we don't have to be the vigilante warrior. I hope she's one of the houses that but they I, have I do to. appreciate that sometimes. I, I hope she's one of the houses that they have to move to build the wall. And I hope she, they just build the wall she, around it. No, yeah. I hope she <laughs> refuses yeah, and they deport her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, does Take she have that, to Trump get citizenship supporter. and stuff? They're like, <laughs> they're like, this is fucked. You live in Mexico. Like, yeah. Ill- we'll illegally. just build around. Yeah. yeah uh, like, oh, you're going to deal with the Mexican government on how they handle yeah. illegal immigrants. And, and oh, by, oh, oh. Yeah, and by the way, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Should we wrap it up? It's been yeah, think, it's been a long episode. It's been a long, yeah. long, yeah. I knew that was going to happen. I think if we, we got talked more about to the talk Antifa about. Thing. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. A lot of good good stuff. That horseshit. On the bright side, we got all the plugs out of the way at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have that. Oh, I do need to. I forgot to do this on the last episode. All of our twenty five dollars subscribers. I have to say their name at the end of the episode, and I think I forgot. To say Ann Bankson, Kaisel Borsky, and Rebecca Stewart at the beginning of this episode are fifty dollars subscribers. T. Cookson, Ryan Bory, Eddie Baron, Five X Espinoza. Holy shit! I I get I say holy shit every time I say that name. Chaz Chitwood, Mike Ski, Homer Stasis, Gray Wolf, the Ghost of Dave Thomas, Charlie Hume, Nolan McLean, Shelley, DJ West, Katie Rimmer, Reby, Kelly Stanway, Teresa H, James Hill, Danny W, AJ Lindbergh, Jennifer Fendelander. Uh, come to our backyard show July 6th. It's at Chet Wilde's house. And there are no and better fans than the NPOPs fans because that, that generosity bleeds over into the, uh, you know, other people that work on the show, like myself. And <laughs> it's, it's very appreciated. And uh, I don't appreciate cool. that. <laughs> I know. If you could actually, Adam whatever money you're giving sanction, Randall, yeah, if you could give Adam it to me doesn't instead. sanction please. that, but yeah. pl- please don't Or at stop. least match it. Give Be it. a fucking pal. No, don't. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. He won't know. <laughs> he won't know. Just keep doing it. All right. Let's get out of here. All Randall, right. say goodbye. You know, when you're Holy shit. Fizza, say goodbye. See you later at Fizza Dasani. <laughs> Ethan, Bye. say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bye. <laughs>